Well, that music can only mean one thing. It's Monday at the Unified CXM Experience. I always look forward to these. This is uh, one of my favorites. Hey, Nay, how are you doing? Glad Good, to see you here today. You? Kind of feel like this is the beginning of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood every week. Don't you think so? <laughs> yeah. Always so calm. <laughs> did you ever watch that clip I sent you? Yes, I did. I did. You I did. did? Okay. I watched okay. quite a few of those episodes. Quite and a few. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad, like, right? So, so, uh, so you know, grad con CXO at Sprinkler, Chief Experience Officer Neha the Breath Yogi, and here we are today. We're gonna. I'm really looking forward to today's topic. It wasn't what I think we were gonna talk about originally, but I love this idea of talking about being overwhelmed and sort of how people deal with it. So uh, let's let's get into that in a few minutes. But I guess what we should start with is an I'm feeling overwhelmed breath. So let's Could, do a yeah. I'm feeling overwhelmed breath exercise. Um, so why don't sit up, let's sit up nice and tall. Bring your palms okay. on your thighs, open to the ceiling. And we'll take a full deep breath into the belly, into the chest, and hold the breath. Hold the breath for as long as you comfortably can. And then breathe out through the mouth. Relax. So we'll just do that two more times. Full breath into the belly, into the chest, till your collarbones lift up. Hold the breath. And if there's any feeling of discomfort, let that feeling increase. And then as you slowly breathe out through the mouth for a little longer, you'll notice that energy dissipating. Hold. Out. One more time, full breath in to the belly, into the chest, till your collarbones lift up. Hold the breath. If there's any discomfort in your body, keep your attention there or in your chest region. Keep holding and slowly breathe out through the mouth. And relax. And when you're ready, you can slowly open the eyes. Well, that's nice. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of like just slows your heart rate. Okay, so today we are going to talk about feeling overwhelmed, attention deficit, you know, all the things that people are sort of struggling with. You've got some interesting observations. You were talking a little bit earlier about how you're seeing people behave and act and some of the things that people are sharing that are challenging for them. So why don't we set it up? Take me through what you're seeing, what you're hearing from people, and then let's let's talk a little bit about why that might be happening and what people can do to deal with it. Sure. It's this feeling of low-level panic almost, that I'm mm -hmm. falling behind, I'm not being able to do a good job, I want to do better. And it's really endearing because really it's coming from the space of I want to prove myself, I want to do the best I can. And it seems like I'm always just falling behind. There's so much data and there's just so much information that gets thrown at us that it's just hard. And it's not just them. Like if you just do a simple Google search, it's not just them. It's just what is happening in our environment. The digital world has a lot of pros, but one of the cons is there's this constant influx of data and information. 
And that means mm. the brain has to just sort through more information and make sense of what to pay attention to and what to not pay attention to. And that is that can take up some of your brain power. So it, it's it's kind of really interesting. There are a lot of studies that have come out that show that on an average, an average American worker is only able to work at the maximum for 11 minutes before they're interrupted. Wow. And it's only 11 minutes. And then oh, you either have... minutes. That's actually pretty amazing. Like I that. wish I could get 11 uninterrupted <laughs> minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's my goal. I don't know about that. That's my goal. Stretch, stretch goal, 11 minutes. <laughs> no, kidding. So now I'm on one no. minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're more than that. But it's it's just that people think multitasking is a great thing and I'm doing more, but it's not. It's serial tasking. It it's overwhelms not, the brain. Horrible. Yeah, it overwhelms you. It makes you anxious and it's a huge cost to your cognitive functioning. And it's interesting that the brain sort of responds to it by shutting the executive function further down. So, you know, the primitive brain takes over and now everything from your respiration to your endocrine system to your musculoskeletal system, everybody's under stress now. So that low level of feeling stressful, almost like panic, or I'm lagging behind. And I've even spoken to people across the globe. This is not just an America problem. It's people are rolling into their beds with their laptops, waking up with the laptop and still feeling like I've never, I ha I'm being unproductive. You know, I'm not getting yeah, that, the things but that's, done. That's crazy. So yeah. I got a strong point of view on this stuff. I mean, okay. my one thing I try to help people understand is that the human brain is a single core processor. Mm, yes. It's a very powerful one, but it is a single core processor. I mean, and I don't mean that in like kind of like it's just like one or, or uh, I'm trying to draw an analogy. It is actually a single core processor. And so while computers can perform multiple tasks at the same time, the human brain can only do one thing at a time. The, the challenge is that when you say you're multitasking, multitasking is a word that comes from computers when we had multi-core processors invented. Mm. The human brain cannot multitask. That's actually not mm. a thing that humans can do. All you can do is switch quickly between tasks. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you're a minute on this, a minute on this, Serial a minute on this, a minute on this. You're not yeah. actually multitasking. Multitasking mm. is the idea that somehow you're doing two things at the same time. You're not. You're only doing one thing. And people who say they're multitasking are just people who are, some people are better at fast switching than other people, but they're just switching really quickly. Mm. And that does create a lot of stress and a lot of tension, but also creates very low quality work because you never focus on anything long enough to really nail it. Uh, and, and so I think that, I think that is a, but I also think it's a bit of an addiction. I think a lot of people like have gotten used to like, I've got to like watch TV and do homework. And it's like, you're mm. doing, Sometimes you're watching TV and sometimes you're watching homework, but you're not watching TV and doing homework. That's not, that's not the way it works. Yeah. It, it's a brain th cannot actually do that. It's like a physical impossibility. It's like saying, you know, we can jump a hundred feet in the air. No, we can't. Can't do that. No one can. No one ever will. So that I think is one of the misunderstandings. And so people are slowly driving themselves crazy by thinking they can do two things at the same time. I think the other thing that you commented on, which is dead on is this carrying your work into the bed. Oh, mm. man, oh, man, oh, man, that is the worst. I mean, they used to say that Johnny Carson was, like, one of the best, um, how they, how they put it, that Johnny Carson had, uh, was the, one of the best forms, forms of birth control because he ran this thing called The Tonight Show. And people would watch The Tonight Show, and then, you know, they wouldn't, like, have <laughs> sex before going to bed. 
And so, uh, and so that so Johnny Carson you know, responsible for I don't know how many millions of people not being born. Um, but I'd say that computers and phones are now doing that trick. And the people that you know fall asleep with their phone in their hand and wake up you know staring at the screen and reading it, and that's really hard on you. And it's hard in your relationships. Um, I yeah. do have my phone because sometimes it's my alarm, but I'm not. I don't, it, I'll like turn the alarm on and off, but I'm not reading the phone in bed. I think that's. I think that's a very bad habit. So, but but people like just get. I think they create more of a sense of being overwhelmed by creating like lack mm. of barriers between parts of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And the study even showed that 44 percent at least of those distractions that they get are self-inflicted, and it's like the sense of boundaries have really been blurred and 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 it i think what's required is i love the way you put it it's a single core processor and then i realized of course he's from microsoft of course he has <laughs> lingo down which is really a great way I'm just of putting the facts. it it's just happens no, but to it be is, a single core processor no yeah. it truly yeah. is and i was thinking about yeah. how to put it in an analogy and that's a brilliant analogy so i'm going to steal that and give you credit for it anyway you but you can have it but uh the point is that um you have to simplify your life, like do one thing at a time. And I think it's about task well, management. Okay. Hey, so you said two things that could be contradictory. Mm-hmm. So you have to simplify your life and you have to do one thing at a time. Those are two mm-hmm. statements that um, I agree with one and I'm not sure about the other one. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure you do or don't need to simplify your life. I, I, it feels like a little bit of a, one person's simple life is another person's complicated life. So I'm, I'm not sure that that's, that's a, when you say that to people, I think it creates tension because it's like, how do I simplify my life? I've got to get these kids to school and I got to go to work and, and I have you know, mm. deadlines and I got things I got to do. And I got, it's like, it's actually quite hard for a lot of people to simplify their lives because they're, they're trapped in a bubble. The thing that's, I think really does change the game is do one thing at a time. Yeah, no, I, I mean, when I say simplify... If you do one thing at a time, your life will seem simpler. But and, and, it's the and, one and, thing at a time and do it well and do it and then move on to the yeah. next thing. Yeah, no, and when I say simplify, there are things, actually very tangible things you can do. And you're right. Everything in our language is what I deem simple may not be simple for you. Simple for me is not mm. having a television and you've, somebody might think that that's just not simple. That's extreme, right? So you're right. That is true for any lingo, word, language. But when I say simplify, it's like make it easy for yourself. Use, um, you know, like if there is every day in the morning you're waking up and you're having to make breakfast for your kids, just on Sunday, decide the menu. Don't wake up in the morning and try to make that decision. And then you're, you know, looking for this food and that food. Like, where is this? Where is this ingredient list? So there is always scope for simplifying it. Okay. Like making it easier for yourself is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I'll share a couple of things I've done over the years. So at mm. one point I was, I was, doing a lot of, I was at a pretty busy job and I was then had a, a pretty busy home life and, um, you know, working on sort of a shows and stuff like that. And it was just, it was hard to find shows? enough, mm. t- yeah, like producing musicals and oh, stuff like nice. that. So it was just, this still, yeah, well, mm. uh, yeah, we'll talk we need about to talk about sometime. that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> 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 we need to do that one offline. Um, but mm. the, um, 
but it was a lot. I was just, I was kind of working constantly and mm. I was like, I really need to find a few extra hours a week. And so I realized I was spending probably four to five hours a week in various ways, consuming sports broadcasts mm. Mm. and watching football games on Sunday, watching football mm. games on Monday night, watching roundups of it, watching hockey. You know, it was, it was a reasonable amount of time. And so I decided to stop watching sports and I just stopped. That was quite a few years ago now. And every once in a while, maybe a game will be on. I'll kind of catch a bit of it, but I just don't watch sports at all. And I gained a lot of extra time. And actually, in some ways, it made my life a lot simpler. Like all these people I'll talk to and they're like all wound up about their team and they know all the scores and all the this and all the that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, who cares? <laughs> it just yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and I will say that uh, I will say my fiance loves the fact that I don't watch sports. Like it's a very <laughs> kind of a unique experience for her because she's used to being yeah. like someone being there, like watching sports and, you know, I've got to be busy on Sunday afternoons because the game's on and stuff. And that just never comes out of my mouth. Um, wow. And so, mm. so it's been, so that's the kind of thing where if you look at your life and think, mm. and I actually respect the fact that you don't have a TV. I think it's hilarious sometimes, um, <laughs> but I think I respect because, you know, it's just kind of yeah. idioms that you don't have, but I can, mm. I'll hook you up. Like, you know, over time, we'll get <laughs> no, you educated. No, no, You've been watching no. Mr. Rogers now. So, you yes. know, we're making the problem. We'll, yes. we'll get you to Sesame Street next and then we'll kind of yes. move the electric company and then we'll kind of <laughs> march, march you through, march you through I, I like American have television one- history. One movie to watch a week, so yeah. One one movie to watch a week. We'll give you homework. Well, don't worry. We'll take care of you. But the um, but I actually think it's a smart idea because you, you get a lot of extra time when you don't have a TV playing. And one thing I've noticed, and this is not something I do as much, but one thing I've noticed is a lot of people have their TV on in the background just all the time. Mm-hmm. I was actually at yeah. a friend's house this weekend, and they had the TV on the whole time, just running in the background. I was like. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and I, I think it's super distracting. And so, um, but it's just something people, people do a lot and kind of gotten used to. So I, I think it's, uh, and again, your brain is switching back and forth between listening to this and listening to this and listening to this and listening to this. So it's, it's hard. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about people feeling overwhelmed. So what kind of coaching mm-hmm. do you give them? Like, like I come on board, I'm like, wow, there's a lot here. And I've got a family and I've got, you know, my own hobbies and I've got my health. I mean, I have often said, and I've, it, this was said to me many years ago, and I actually have, like, I've lived it enough times that I, I, do, I truly believe that you can only do two things well in life at a time. Mm, mm. So you have to kind of pick the two things that are really important because you, you can only do two things. And anytime I've tried to do three things, mm. yeah, I don't do three things. I, I, I mess up all three or I mess up a couple or I really destroy one of them. Um, but, uh, but I've never, never been able to do more than two things well. So it's mm-hmm. like career and personal life or career and fitness or fitness and personal life, which is you know hard to afford because there's no career, but you have to kind of pick which ones you want to sort of hero on. Yeah. And when I start working with people, when I start working with people who are suffering from something like this, that they need help with the first idea is about not trying to manage your time, but your energy. Mm-hmm. You have to manage your energy. And the second idea is it's about task prioritization over time management. It's not about working eight hours. It's about getting the work done that really matters. What's on your W2 HMR? You know, it's not, you're not going to get any applause for being very, very 
responsive on Slack or for answering every single ping or every single email, that's just distracting you through your day. So be very, very focused on the task at hand. Like, and there's a lot of peak performance research also that shows that peak performance is about identifying the accurate tasks and then prioritizing them so that you use your highest, like say if I'm a morning person. So my morning time, especially after I wake up is when I can really do the creative work. You know, like the ideas will mm -hmm. just flow. It's kind of like quiet in the environment. And if I use that time to start looking at my emails and Slack messages, half the day can go just like that, you know, and then half the day is gone. Then you have meetings. It's already evening now. And you will feel like you've not gotten anything done because, and it's not that you've not been working, you have been. So I think the, just like you said, like start with on a daily basis, the evening prior, start with your top two max, three most important things to do tomorrow. So that way it's not brewing in your mind. You're, you get good quality sleep. You wake up in the morning and depending on what your rhythm is, whether you're a morning person, evening person, do the task that is most important for you first and then go to the Slack. And I tell a lot of my executives who would start like, you know, start with responding to emails and all of that. And I'm like, you know, just tell people that the first 90 minutes I'm I'm doing something. And if there's something really, really urgent, call me. Nobody's ever gotten a call. <laughs> you know, nobody's ever gotten a call, maybe once or twice max. So, so I just first thing that they can start doing right away is that one, manage your energy, get proper sleep, eat proper meals, hydrate, you know, do the breath work because 60% of your energy comes through breath. It's very, very important. If you're not doing that, you're, tr you're basically trying your brain to you know, not giving it any food and fuel and asking it to kind of keep performing better and better and better. And it's going to burn you out eventually. So really manage your energy. Second, manage your tasks. Identify which is the most important task to do and start with that. That That's what I would, it's very, very doable. And then the third level is like self-automation, which is you want to automate, like on an average, people make 35,000 decisions a day. 35,000 decisions a day you want to that's again coming down to simplification have like a morning ritual a work startup ritual an evening ritual and then you know shutdown ritual so like for me my work shutdown ritual is like I have this planner I work with I identify tomorrow what I'm going to do and how much of what I got done today and then I do my meditation and everything so in the morning I wake up I do this whole you know 4 30 a.m break that I have and then I post on Slack and I check in with a few people and that is my morning ritual and then morning work startup ritual and then I go into my morning practice. So identify, so I'm not thinking every day, what time do I wake up? What do I start doing? Which tasks? The task is already there. I just, just have to start it, you know. That can also really help. Automating some of those things so that you're not thinking about the same thing and using that precious energy and trying to make a decision. Yeah, I went through a stage, maybe stage is not the right word because it lasted 20 years, but for a long, long time, just recently I've stopped doing this, <clears throat> I wore the exact same clothes every day. Yeah, that reduces. Yeah, it was, it was, and I yeah. partly did it um, because 
it just made the day so much easier. Simpler. And I just started my career that way. Yeah, yeah, so simple. So I started my career at Procter & Gamble. And at P&G, at the time that I joined, it was a weird time because the company was still operating in many ways like it was in the 60s. So for a brief second, it was like I got a chance to see what it was like to work in the madman era. And then a year later, we moved offices and things started changing and it was all over. But I had this brief glimpse of what it must have been like for my dad when he was working. Um, P&G was pretty traditional. And we had to wear a suit to work. It had to be a blue suit. It had to wear oh, a wow. white shirt. Oh. had to have a red tie or a reddish tie. Once I made the mistake of wearing a blue polka dot tie, and I was teased so mercilessly, even though I'm still in a blue suit, oh, black shoes, black socks, even though I'm dressed, all those things are on me. Interesting. On this blue polka dot tie, I was, it was ridiculous. It was merciless, the kind of taunting I got through the course of the morning. And there was a men's store actually in the building. We were at Young and St. Clair in Toronto. There was a men's store in the ground floor. And I always, always wondered why I was there. And then suddenly I realized why I was there. And by, by lunchtime, it was, I couldn't, you, you couldn't leave your desk. Okay? And at lunchtime, it was the only time you could leave your desk. You oh, my God. This, oh, this no, it was really regimented. You had to at your desk sitting down at 8.30, like pencil ready. Uh, and then uh, so I zipped down in this men's store, bought myself a red tie, and that was the end of that polka dot tie. I never wore it again. Oh, um, but, uh, but then and then you couldn't leave before 5.30. Like 5.30, you couldn't leave before 5.30. And if you did leave at 5.30 or 6 o'clock, as you're leaving, um, the people at the desks, because we all sat outside the offices of the brand managers, so the people sort of sitting at all these carols would say to you, oh, do you have like an appointment or something early or something happened or what, where are you going? Or mm, like mm. the amount of peer pressure wow. to mm. work really late was, so I just finally said, okay, all you, all you bastards. And so I just started, because <laughs> I, I, I was alone and nothing... I didn't have anybody in town or anything. So uh, I was living by myself. And so I just said, fine, screw it. And I stayed in the office every night till like around midnight. Are you awesome. serious? Oh, yeah. Like, were you great. guys working till midnight or mm, no? I worked my butt off and it was great. Yeah. I was really good for my career. And then yeah. I, and I also did a thing where I watched every single TV commercial that Procter Gamble had ever produced. Mm, mm. It took me a, almost a year and a half to do it, but I watched every single commercial TV commercial that has been produced since 1949. It was a pretty amazing or? education. Yeah, it was a pretty amazing education. Uh, and so, yeah, and so everyone was just like freaked out because I was, and I sat there, I, I was programming a computer, I created this, I put the spreadsheets on, it was like, I was, it was awesome. <laughs> totally, um, totally but nice. uh, great time, uh, great time. Uh, but it was like, but that was like the really regimented environment. Now, the nice thing about that, I still look back though at that time, although mm. it was a lot of work and everything, I still look back at that time with a lot of fondness because it's very focused. Mm. Right. And I didn't have to every mm. every day I knew exactly what I was wearing and I knew where I'd be, what time I had to be in and what time I was eating lunch and what time I'd be able to leave. And it was like a very and the regimentation of it actually helped the work kind of go in a way. And mm. I think that the lack of regimentation in people's lives now, I mean, it's great to say working from home, but that lack of regimentation, I think, actually contributes to more of a sense of being overwhelmed because, you know, you don't have that sort of rigidity that you used to have that sort of you know, in some ways you'd say oh my god i hate this rigidity but on the other hand the rigidity actually added rhythm that made it easier to get things done and focus you just didn't worry about not being able to do something because you just couldn't do it and this is the way it was 
Yeah, and you're saving all that precious energy and instead of like figuring out what to wear, what to cook, what time to go, right. which bus to take, there's so many yeah. decisions and that adds up like 365 days, 10 less, less decisions a day is a lot of brain power saved, you know. So I I I really believe in, you know, in that aspect of having a little bit of a routine in life is very important because it helps you set boundaries it helps you make your decisions about other things you know like okay no i'm not going to do this because this is what i do at this time you know so and gives you a feeling of certainty especially in this time where i think a little of this overwhelm may also be coming because of the uncertainty in the environment that maybe oh god what's going to happen if i'm not going to shine as the brightest if you have this sort of structure in your life that you can create yourself gives you a little bit of grounding you know come what may every day you wake up at a certain time you go to bed at a certain time so i think right. it's a simple the body but, actually responds well to like yeah. eating the same thing every day for example uh yeah. and so dr oz actually talks about this a lot he's like there's nothing wrong with having like a diet that's more sort of restricted because hmm. body actually responds well to it doesn't mind it at all Um, we don't I, do I mean, that. We always think variety is, but we're actually you could eat the same thing every single day, and your body be totally fine with it as long as it's you know, assuming you're. I do that. Like my my menu is fixed. Like breakfast is smoothie or like bananas. Lunch is arugula salad, and evening I have a moong soup. Like this is my Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday menu, and so I'm not Sounds like, like a blast. it was. It was. You're like, look at him. He's like that does not. Wow, you sound like a sound. real party. <laughs> no, it's yummy. Have you ever tried? I hate cooking. Okay, that, that's one of those things I don't mm -hmm. enjoy cooking. I, I, I kind of guessed so that from like, what you just said. I was like, I'm gonna ago. just like make it simple for myself, and I love moong. It's good for the body. It keeps me energized, and it's fuel. But on the weekend, right. I just well, so one other thing on one of the P and G thing I'll say, and then we'll, we'll let's wrap up with a, uh, with, a with another breath. With here. a breath, yeah. But uh, one other thing they had, which was really cool, and I and it was another artifact of the of the Mad Men era, is they had a coffee cart, and so we'd be cart. sitting at our desks, and they're like these old steel case desks with a very low barrier. The barrier is just high enough for a an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper, and um, and the coffee cart, and it was a a woman who ran the coffee cart, same woman, and she would walk it around the floor and then you would order stuff off the coffee cart. And you kind of, it kind of was like always get there at the same time every morning and every afternoon. So it was like twice a day. And then it was great. Because again, in terms of routine, you would like look forward to the coffee cart coming around. <laughs> and then when she would come around, it'd be this like break and you'd be like, get a snack mm. or get something. And it was, mm. it was a very, it was again, it was interesting as I think back to it. I'm thinking, wow, there's a lot of programming that was going on to keep us productive and keep us focused. And it was like, you know, maybe I should go out and get a coffee. No, no, hold on a second. There's a coffee cart. You don't even need to leave yeah. your desk. You stay there. <laughs> stay there. She'll be here in 20 minutes and then you can get whatever you want. Don't, I don't even want to be getting up. And, and it was and when we moved to the new building, they got rid of the coffee cart and they put in serveries, which is kind of what everyone has now. And you go get your own coffee and stuff like that. But yeah, it was never quite the same. And I do think that there was a tremendous amount of thinking that went into creating that environment, the original environment that made you focus and really sort of bear down on things. 
and I think it was, there's a lot to be said for that. And, um, and I, yeah. I do, I do miss it, but, um, yeah, no, again, although, like the, the only downside is I put mm. like 20 pounds on. Cause I was like, <laughs> like, you know, coffee cart, all drinking too many like, coffee. Well, I was drinking no. Coke and I was like, you know, all these pastries and I was like, that was ridiculous. <laughs> and I wasn't moving, right. I was like yeah. stuck in my chair there. So, so that was potentially one downside, but otherwise it was fine. No, but look at it, how they simplified it. You knew exactly the window between which the, it was going to come, right? So you're not deciding when am I going to get that break. And you get that yeah. they probably timed it around 120 minutes or 90 minutes or two hours. Oh, someone so, thought it through. No question. Yeah, yeah. And it's like with your circadian rhythm, like every 90 to 120 minutes, you want to take a break because there's a natural dip in energy. And it's very effective way of to, you know, sort of increase your energy. So... Yeah, it sounds like you. When was this? Like in the eighties or early eighties? Yeah, eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a long time ago. But uh, it was. It was a. It was. I was very, very lucky to have had that experience because you know, um, it was like just to just to for for this is a downside. This is not a good thing. Mm. But just for perspective on the time of, uh, it was is um, people were allowed to smoke in the office. Wow. And this is an mm-hmm. office with closed windows, right? It's an office oh, tower. So people oh, were smoking mm-hmm. everywhere, mm-hmm. And, and which was not great for me. I had a little, I, that was hard for me. And when they moved to the new building, they got rid of smoking, and that was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing they, they had, they had a um, – I, I was the first person to bring a computer in, uh, mm-hmm. and I had to do it on a bat. And uh, the way everyone did our, their writing is that they would write everything longhand, and then it went to a secretarial pool. And they would wow. type it up. Yeah. And then if you had oh. to make revisions, you had to go back to the secretary. <laughs> oh, my God. And then uh, it, was, mm. it was bananas. Like, and I, I'd come from a pretty computerized <laughs> school environment. So I was like, what is going on here? I felt like it was in there. There's a movie called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. It was like literally like the office I was working in. And then um, I'll send that to you, too. That's a good movie for you to watch. And then the, um, but, uh, and they, but they had some other things, too, that were cool. Like, you know, uh, on the top of each brand manager's office, they had the name of the brand manager. Right. And then and we all went by initials. So mm. you had to learn everyone's initials. Like Tim Penner was THP and Doug Brownridge was JDB and I was WGC and, and you know, Nick Payne was NWP. And, you know, it's like you kind of like <laughs> you learned everybody's name by their initials. And that's how you addressed everything. It was all done that way. It's all done with initials. You never use people's names. Um, unless you're writing a full reco. But like on all the kind of top notes, we're all just initial based. So there's a lot of like sort of kind of cultural things that made it kind of mm. fun. But, you know, I kind of, I feel like in some ways I haven't quite found my coffee cart yet. And uh, it's like, you, I think trying to get that personal coffee cart that comes around that somehow, <laughs> that could be an interesting app, right? And it's just like a little app that kind of every 90 minutes says, hey, you want a, want a coffee? Coffee? <laughs> yeah. Or something, you know, like. a chocolate bar. See that, that, that? There's my downfall. Yeah. Chocolate <laughs> oh. Well, if it's dark. That's why the men's store was downstairs. Because people kept, kept getting bigger and they keep getting their, Pants let out. (laughs) (laughs) I was probably very young, but I remember some of the really cute commercials of P&G in India. I don't know if you saw them. Did you see the international commercials? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I I worked a lot. Like they they had this soap. They had this literal soap. I used to love it. You remember? Like, I don't know. It was the literal lemon soap. Lemon yeah. It was, it was it was called literal in India. I don't know what it was called in the U.S., but I used to love it. And I used to I lived in boarding school, so we used to take everything we would need for a whole year 
right when we would go to school so right, in march right. and i remember getting like boxes like of literal soap and then it became liquid wash after but i used to love literal i used that soap pretty much all through boarding school at least till essentially was, lemon scent was really big for a while and it's not yeah. that big anymore for some reason yeah, i don't know why but yeah. i love lemon scented soap yeah yeah, yeah. it was yeah. really well, refreshing anyway. All right, so let's mm. close with a let's close with the breath. You're feeling overwhelmed. You need something to calm you down. Let's do an Look for some routine. Breath. Find your coffee cart, like all those different things. You know, simplify, get rid of stuff. Stop watching sports for crying out loud. Like anyone tells me they're so busy they can't, and I always ask them, "Do you watch football?" I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Stop doing that. There yeah. you go. I just gave you six hours. You know, and it's like so. <laughs> like there's 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 time in your schedule. Like there's every, yeah. and remember everybody has 24 hours. Jeff Bezos. Only yeah. has 24 hours in his day. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and then, you know, and you know, everyone has 24 hours. Like you hours guys, from the, the ELD has 24 hours. A baby hours, right? to Jeff yeah. Bezos all has just 24 yeah. hours. And some people use them more effectively than other people. And that's but the, mm. we all get the exact same amount of time. That is the one great mm. equalizer of humanity, is we all have the exact same amount of time. So you can't mm. make extra time. So But that's what it boils it down to, right? Like finding those high leverage tasks and prioritizing yeah. them right when you made it a comment that i forgot to follow up on but there is there's this other time management thing which is a lot of people when they have 10 minutes are tempted to do a bunch of small things because mm-hmm. it's like i got 10 minutes i don't have a lot of time i'll do these little things get them out of the way it's actually those 10 minutes are supposed to be should be used against the biggest task you have mm. yeah because what happens is people save up their biggest task when they have a huge amount of time and they rarely do have a huge amount of time. And so that big task gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more overwhelming. So use your tiny bits of time for your biggest task and then set aside like an hour to clean off a bunch of little things when you need to, but always work on your biggest task all the time. Yeah. And by biggest, right. I think you mean most important, right? Most important, you know, the, the big project, the big recommendation, mm. the marketing plan, whatever that is, you know, always, always set aside time for that. All right, so okay. Neha, breathe so let's out. start. So I think we should do an energizing breath because it's really about energy, mm. right? Because energy is I love it. Energy is also like unlimited if you can tap into it. So we're going to do the. How do you feel about the coffee breath? Was it a little too intense? I'm I'm okay with whatever breath you want. Okay, you so can't, you can't out breath me now. At this point, you you know, throw whatever you got. Throw your. Is that the best you got? You throw whatever you want at me. I got it. <laughs> no, I want to make sure that it's not too complex, especially because we're doing it over audio and people can't really see. So why don't we do this brain to rejuvenate the brain and send more energy into our brain here. So bring your palms into a closed fist, thumbs at the base of the little finger, four fingers wrapped around your thumb. And we're going to use that ocean breath, which is as you're breathing in and out, there's a slight constriction in the back of your throat okay and if that's too difficult just use normal breath so let's bring our palms into a closed fist facing the ceiling resting on your thighs eyes closed sit easily and comfortably take a normal deep breath in and as you breathe out relax and grad said it's a single processor here so focus fully on your breath on my count breathe in two three Four, hold the breath in, two, three, four, breathe out, two, three, four, five, six, hold the breath out, 
टू ब्रीथ एन होल्ड ब्रीथ आउट होल्ड टू ब्रीथ एन टू थ्री फोर होल्ड टू थ्री फोर ब्रीथ आउट टू थ्री फोर फाइव सिक्स होल्ड टू ब्रीथ एन टू थ्री फोर होल्ड टू थ्री फोर ब्रीथ आउट टू थ्री फोर फाइव सिक्स होल्ड टू लास्ट थ्री राउंड ब्रीथ एन टू थ्री फोर होल्ड टू थ्री फोर ब्रीथ आउट टू थ्री फोर फाइव सिक्स होल्ड टू ब्रीथ एन टू थ्री फोर होल्ड टू थ्री फोर ब्रीथ आउट टू थ्री फोर फाइव सिक्स होल्ड टू लास्ट वन ब्रीथ एन ब्रीथ इन टिल योर कॉलर बोन्स लिफ्ट अप होल्ड द ब्रेथ एंड एज यू ब्रीथ आउट पुल योर नेवल एन ब्रीथ आउट फॉर अ लिटल लॉन्गर एंड होल्ड द ब्रेथ आउट एंड टू रिलैक्स कीप योर आईज क्लोज फॉर अ मोमेंट रिलीज योर पाम्स रिलीज योर फेस एंड जस्ट ब्रिंग योर अवेयरनेस इन वर्ड्स नोरिस द स्टेट ऑफ योर माइंड नोरिस वट्स हैपनिंग इन द बॉडी एंड टेक अ डीप ब्रेथ इन एंड एज यू ब्रीद आउट रिलैक्स एंड वेन यू रेट यू कैन ओपन द आईज I got a big day ahead of me and this is going to be perfect setup for it. So thank you very much Neha. That's great. Absolutely. Okay. All right, well that was an interesting conversation today. I haven't had a chance to reminisce about P&G for a really long time. And I think a lot of people are going to really find value in it. And we well, should we'll I had this idea. <laughs> like I had this idea that we should talk about your past and like i don't know a lot about oh i know like, you just want to dig in there you just know there's yeah. all sorts of delicious like, stuff in there no no like, no no we're not doing uh, that <laughs> it's not gonna happen no? <laughs> no oh come on you know there's this whole no, thing no. about vulnerability if i'm saying that correctly i have a hard time saying that word. Mm, no i think so no i'll see no okay no hey, okay this is fun This is fun. No, 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 not right now. We'll see. Um, so um, we're going to take a, a week's break because I'm going to be um, on PTO for a week. I'm going to be on an island off the coast of Maine. So I'm looking forward to that. And then we'll be back in early August with our, our next. And we'll, we'll figure out about, I think I'm going to get a chance to do that survey and I'm going to do some other stuff. And mm-hmm. we'll do some self-reflective stuff in the first couple of weeks of August as people think about cool. re-engaging with the year. Because, you know, think about August is it's the last month before September, which is usually when things really start to get busy. So um, kind of getting ready for September and making sure that we're on our, on our tips of our toes. And I think I have my first... live public presentation coming up at the end of August. Nice. Looks like I'll be going to London for a couple of days in late August early September. So, kind of What's happening? It's a CX presentation, customer experience uh, uh. run by one of the analyst firms and uh, we're going to be back on stage. So, 
Randy. We've been getting we've been getting ready for our next stage appearance for a while now and kind of getting some new videos and thinking about what that's gonna look like. So I'm looking forward to dusting the rust off and getting back in front of a live audience. It should be fun. Maybe we can make that into sort of a half live presentation, half podcast or something like that. All right. So Neha, thank you very much. That was a really, enjoy fun, your vacation. That was a really fun conversation today. Thank you, I will. And and hopefully you enjoy a break from me for a week. So you know, see, we're both getting, both <laughs> yeah. getting benefits. <laughs> All right. Really. For the uh, Unified CXM Experience, I'm Grad Khan, CXO at Sprinkler with Neha, the Breath Yogi. And we will see you in two weeks. <laughs>